So the shirt tonight is on Rebecca. So I have two different Rashi's. They're both pretty short, but we'll see if they branch out a little bit. They're not, they're not quite related. So why don't we maybe we'll take them one at a time. So the first one is at the end of Thayasara. So when Eliezer went to pick out a wife, and sure enough, he picked out Rivka. Right, as you know the whole story. Okay. So at the end, they were traveling back, right? They were traveling back, and, and um, I guess, So Yitzchak went out, right, to Laven uh, or to whatever, to, to converse in the field uh, near the evening. So he looked up and he saw the camels coming. But he said, Rivka say now, and Rivka lifted up her eyes, but and she saw Yitzchak, and she lowered herself from off the camel. And she said to the servant, Who is that man who's coming in the field to greet us? So the servant said, That's my master, Yitzchak. So she took her veil and uh, covered herself. Right? I stopped her. I And it's like the servant told you, it's like all the things that happened. She also all the things he did. And he took her into the tent of his sorrow's mother. And he loved her. And he was consoled after his mother. Okay. So, so basically, so I guess she saw this man in the field, right? She didn't know who it was, apparently, right? Just as uh, she said, yes, but she didn't quite know who it was, right? People in Malagam, and then she asked her servant, who is that man? And he said, that's my master, which obviously means yes, and then she covered herself. So Rashi says like this, Rashi says, Matera es Strange Rashi. Rasa Oso Hidor. Vitoha Mipanov. She saw his Hidor, his beauty. They translated in uh they saw that he was resplendent. Right, splendor. Resplendent. Splendors. Resplendent. Okay, it's uh I think it comes from Splenda. You know the sweetener? No, that comes from sugar. Oh, it's like yeah. The resplendent, resplendent. You can see what it says. And the Tohemi Panad, and she was astounded by him. Wow, that man is resplendent. Attractive and Attractive. impressive through being richly colorful or sumptuous. Okay. So beautiful, beautiful, handsome, resplendent. So that's what it says. She saw Yitzchak. She saw this guy who was like Prince Charming. I don't know, something like that, right? Beautiful. Hidor Vitoa, and she was amazed. Who is that man? Right? And she lowered herself from the camel. Right? And she asked, Who is it? And he said, That's my master. That's my master. Okay? Good catch. So, what do you say? Questions? Yeah, it seems good to me. <laughs> I mean, that's why I don't pull it. No, I mean, like, um, like I mean, cheese. who cares? Yeah, good. Who cares? Yeah, you want to elaborate on who cares? I I, I like the way you said it. I mean, there's a little uh, 
Uh, I mean, more like, you know, what's the purpose? Like, so what? Like, what's, he's not really adding anything substantive, yeah. it seems. Yeah, big guy. I mean, he is adding something, but I, I like the way yeah, substantive is a good word. But, I mean, he's adding that, you know, she looked and she saw him and he was really good looking and she was amazed. Right? I mean, he's adding that. But. Yeah, but what if it wasn't her husband? I mean, it's a little weird. It's like it's not conditioned on her knowing who he was in the sense of her being impressed by it yeah, and us telling so, about that. Like, well, he, that was, uh, he was just a great-looking man, and she was asking, who is that? Maybe she had a hunch, maybe, but, like, yeah. She's uh, going through she's saying he saw this guy. He was astoundingly handsome, shockingly handsome. And she asked, who is that guy? And he says, my husband. Oh, great. All right. I guess you didn't see any pictures before. No. <laughs> oh, his profile was down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, so um, does someone want to ask uh, the, the direct question here? Or not? Yeah, I mean, like, isn't the question, like, why does she care about his looks? Right. Right. Something like that. Right. It's like, that's it? Like, she sees him, and he's the greatest-looking guy in the world. Like, first of all, the puzzle doesn't say that. Also, just says she saw a guy and says, Who is that guy? or whatever. You know, I guess it says she saw right? Then she said, What's the Rashi on? She saw Yitzhak. She found the gun. What does that mean? How awesome and handsome he was. What is that? And what's the point? She saw Yitzhak. I mean, is that what she came for? I thought she came for the money. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> she came because he's Yitzhak like Ben Avraham. And there was money and there was whatever. Like, that's, who cares? She came and she saw him. Did Adli Ezra ever say, by the way, he's also a handsome guy? Is that like part of the deal or part of the arrangement? Is that, you know, like I understand, you know, somehow especially, I don't really know if this is true, but like somehow it's more, I don't know, maybe this is not uh, appropriate or whatever, but like, it's somehow more to say, like, a woman is beautiful and good-looking. That's kind of more... And nowadays, maybe it's both ways. But, like, that's what Rivka saw. So he was a good-looking guy. Maybe and then, it's more I don't know. I feel nowadays, like, good-looking guys, good-looking girls. I don't know. Maybe it's somehow some sort of equivalence there. But somehow I feel like that's not quite the way it was. That, that, that like, a girl who chooses a guy who's good-looking? Is that, like, a thing? That it was still normal for guys to do that. I, th- I think so. I feel like the Torah tells you oh, that yeah, a woman no. was good-looking. Oh, yeah, like, that's traditionally like, the case that women don't care as much. Yeah, it's traditionally the case. And even yeah. nowadays, it's even now, it's still, still, you know, Even if they care more, they still don't care about it. Still don't care about it. That's right. It does say by Yosef. Yes, yeah, Yosef was that one. That's true. That's true. It was relevant by Potiphar. And, like, Yosef was unique in that regard. And it was relevant to the story and all that. Yeah, right. But here, I mean, is that who cares? Yeah, who cares? That's I guess most point. Well, is it substantive? Who really cares that you're so beautiful? It's not like the Pusik is really indicating that. And like how, how is that adding to the story? That that he saw that she was that he was so good looking. Did we even really know that before? Is this I don't know, do we know that? I mean she you know he looked like Avram. Did he look young? I don't know, he says splendid resplendent. Hidor, beautiful, yeah. Um when Rasha says, but, but... It sounds like she's saying, it's like, what does he see? It sounds like that's what she's saying. Like, what did he see? She just says, it's like, why is that interesting even? Oh, he is an amazing look, an amazing sight to see. And she's astounded. It's something to see. And you could say he does doesn't mean looks, but I mean, what does it mean? I guess either way. If it means looks, then who cares? 
Why is that so important? And if it doesn't mean luxury, what does Hidor mean? She just saw him from a distance, right? So it's like what she saw his splendor. What's splendor? Hidor? Hidor is a word that kind of means like a Puyay Tadar, you know? That's right, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's like typically referring to physical beauty, but I mean, it could be spiritual beauty. Is some like him shine like a flashlight or a sun? But I don't know what, what would that mean, you know? Either way, it's hard to understand, you know? Why is she covering herself after when he says, that's my servant, so then she covered herself? What about covering herself with Eliezer there? Is that not a... Uh... Why are you looking at her? What? He's, he's not going to look at her? Why not? He's not good looking at her. Oh, he's not good looking at her. Right, so, so when he says that's him, oh, then she covers herself. What's the deal with that? Interesting that she deviated down from her camel before she saw him, she was amazed, she got down from the camel, and then she asked, who is this guy? But maybe they actually is addressing that. She saw an unbelievable guy, and she's getting down, like, excited. What's going on? And then she asked, who is it? And she said, oh, it's him. Wow. It's super duper. I'm you know? sure you're going your camel to, I'm assuming that's a more efficient form of transportation than your own system. Oh, I think you're greeting him. It's like you see him from a distance, and now you're going to go and greet him. Stop worrying. You know, you don't just sit on the camel. You go down and greet him, like, uh, you know, not from on your camel. Like, hey, down there. Down on yeah. It's like, you know, I guess she kind of was hoping. Maybe she was hoping it was him. She didn't know it was him, but she asked who it is. But it seems like she kind of had a sangling, maybe it's him. It could, have, it could have been more than his demeanor, the way he was walking, the way he carried himself, the way he was dressed. He's dominating, he's chuckling. He was <laughs> what a beautiful dominant. He was wearing orange. Strymal. So I was saying like this. I saying like this. Um, that it's, this is, here it is. Rifko was, um, so to speak, fetched by Eliezer. She was gotten by Eliezer. It's like it was, um, you know, this was like an arranged marriage, if you will. Right? Yeah. yeah. An arranged marriage, right? It's like and Rifka never really met. Right? In fact, there's a halacha. I don't know if it goes the other way, but like a man's not supposed to see you have a shliach to marry a, marry a wife for him. He's not, supposed to, he's, not, he's not supposed to see her before. He's not allowed, he's not allowed to marry a woman without seeing her first. Right. Because maybe you're not going to be attracted to her. And it's going to be like mocha. It's going to be bad for her. She's not going to be loved. So, in general, like this idea, I don't know if it goes the other way around, but uh, I never heard a lot about that. But, but, um, but in general, like, you have an arranged marriage, per se, doesn't, is without any seeing or any, any, you know, any meeting, any anything, doesn't sound like a great idea. And someone might have the impression that that's kind of what this was. It's like some sort of a merger, or I don't know, they like, like didn't see the, the CRCR. She didn't see him. They never really met. They just kind of, their parents arranged it based upon, I don't know, Based upon, she's from the family of Avram. Eliezer has a lot of money. You know, she's less that. I mean, a lot of good things, but ultimately, it's like a nice marriage on paper. But it's like, okay, this is really a good idea. Right? And you might look at the marriage and think of it as somebody being some sort of defunct, you know, corrupt marriage, which none of them really want per se. And it could be the Torah is trying to dispel the Torah together with Rashid. He's trying to dispel that notion. That when they met, it describes both of them. Right? Both of them. One of them, a little through Rashi's help, whatever, putting together the Rashi's and Psukim, she saw him and she was astounded by him. He was good looking. She loved him. She was a shocked. What an amazing guy. Right? She was moved by him. And he also fell out of the status. He loved our 
brought her into his tent, consoled her after his mother. She had the similar character traits as his mother, right? It like describes how he's trying to depict like a real relationship forming here, not just an arranged marriage. Again, you read the Pesukim, you might just get the sense this is an arranged marriage, and it's not. You know, you don't hear too much about their marriage going forward. A little bit, a little bit. You know, you do have the, you know, the tricking, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> before that. You do have them having their, I guess, public display of affection somehow in front of uh, a melech or on a public, maybe it's private, but whatever, through the window, whatever. But like, you do see that there was, what I'm saying is like, if you, you may not, you may just think that the marriage was founded on, I got it, marriage was founded on a bad idea, just on some sort of arrangement, and it's not really good. And therefore the Torah wants to point out don't think of it like that. Don't think as Rivka, as this three-year-old girl who was fetched by Eliezer, who was brought in, she's totally, he doesn't know what's going on. It's like doesn't really know what's going on. They just happen to arrange them together, put them together, and now they are. One of the was one of the most, just plopped together. Right? But it's trying to show you that even though it, it was arranged, based upon she was from the family of Avram, and she had the great Midos, and Eliezer chose her, but that it was there was a chachma to the, the marriage, but at the same time it stuck and it was it, it made sense. And when she got there, she saw him and she was shocked and it moved. She was moved by his sight, and he was moved by her and he took her in and he loved her and like his after his mother and he consoled and it's like it's building up the relationship. And again, it wasn't also I think maybe it's, it's pointing out the looks. Because it's trying to say is like a good relationship doesn't mean it's just a philosophical kavrusa shot, if you will, or whatever. It's just it's she he was a good looking guy and she was attracted. She was moved by that. She was shocked and she was amazed. Who is that guy? She was excited. She got down from her camel. She's this is something which is moving to her. Give me a second. It's moving to her and it's it's depicting that. So he doesn't say it openly. It's interesting. It doesn't say it openly. It seems like it doesn't want to make it like too too focused on the looks, you know, and make it like that was the whole thing. She was lovable. She was taken by his beauty and all that. That's like if it was in the shot, it could be like make it more of the explicit focus. So, but it hints to it, alludes to it by the fact that she was taken by him. The Sukkim are describing that she saw him and she got off the camera before she knew who it was. It's like, it's, it's there hidden beneath the surface. So it's showing you, I think, it's a, di- a dimension to their marriage, but it wasn't the essence of their marriage. So the way you, you allude to it, and it can make that sense. But again, it's, it's more dispelling the idea that you might ignore or no, miss that part of their marriage and look at their marriage as if it was just like a philosophical arrangement and not, not a true uh, loving, loving relationship. The question is like, why did she go? It's a good question. Why did she go? So I mean, you could say she went because of the money, which I don't think so. There's no indication of that. That's why Lavan and Bezuel and all that, they went along with it. But arguably, she knew she was from Beis Avram. She was never Avram. He knew, like, this is what the Ever tested her for her chesed or whatever. And, like, he wants, she wanted to be part of this Beis Avram, arguably for philosophical reasons. And she was she wanted to get out of her father's house. And she was not like her father and her brother, and you know. And she, want, she wanted to be part of the Beis Avram to build Kali so. Arguably, that's why she was going, but that's true, and that's half of a great relationship. But that's not the whole of a great relationship. What do you? What do you mean when you say arranged? I mean, arranged is that that it was Eliezer. This wasn't there, but Eliezer kind of sought her out, 
and went to her parents. And look, ultimately she ended up agreeing with it. I don't know if it's like that or whatever, but it's like it was. It's not exactly the te- classical thing. She was sought after by Yitzhak. I mean, they went on zero dates. Right. You know, they didn't. They, I mean, she agreed, but she didn't even know what she was agreeing to. It was like a blind agreement. I mean, she was agreed to him on paper. To the Yitzhak on paper, she agreed to. And Yitzhak didn't even agree to anything. I don't know. He didn't even know who he was to. Or whatever. So it was all this like it was arranged. It was like it was like a, a it was a shidduch made on paper by her parents, and like she agreed, but she didn't even know who he was. She didn't meet him. She didn't know anything about. Him. But, this, but so you might have imagined she sees him and she pukes or whatever. Wait, you know? so why are you kind of saying... So- I'm saying marriage isn't just philosophical merger. And it's, it's a, there's a physical dimension to a relationship and a, a marriage has to be built on love and attraction. And that's part of a relationship. So it might be not the essence of the relationship, but it's essential. It has to be there. It's not going to be a good relationship. So that's why I'm saying a guy can't just say, I'm going to marry a girl without seeing her and whatever. I'm a philosopher. I don't really care what she looks like. And it's also to do that because you think you're a philosopher, but you're not. You have emotions and you're not going to be attracted to her and it's going to be making her life miserable. So you're not going to love her. <laughs> and you know, like in some sense, I don't know, this is, this is a bigger story. I don't want to get too into this, but like you see like Leah. Leah was not really the chosen wife and she had a tough life. I mean, Rachel also did whatever. So oh, yeah, it's a bigger story. Her, but really. yeah, he didn't, he didn't choose her. He didn't want her. And she was always saying, Hashem saw that I was hated and whatever. Like, her whole, I mean, if she was a tzaddikas, and she was interested, and she was willing to put up with it because she wanted to build the, the shvatim, and that was part of our great merit. But at the same time, it's not, you know, it's not the ideal model of a marriage. Yeah, it's not even to itself. But, you know, right, the marriage wasn't just good philosophically and metaphysically and the simon me'ashem and all that. It was also good psychologically and physically. That's part of a marriage. It's not the essence. But the person, you have to, there's a balance. The person has to know that there's, you have to, when the person is pursuing a shidduch, they have to look at, a, obviously, the essence is a person who you could have a philosophical connection with and build a family and all that. But at the same time, there's also a physical dimension to it. And that's the halacha, and it's part of, I mean, they're, they're obviously both important. And it's saying is, in the model, model relationships, the Torah doesn't want to deny that. So it's there, and it's alluded to right at the beginning of the thing. And especially in this marriage, which it was, like, again, I don't know how Avram and Sarah met, but again, you know, it's like in, uh, Yaakov and Rachel met. They saw each other, and they loved each other. And again, Leah was kind of, again, it's a study unto itself. But Rivka was like this, uh, was some sort of arranged marriage. And was that a defunct marriage, or that was a good marriage? And saying is, look, right at the beginning, they, it was arranged, but at the same time, it stuck, and they embraced each other as, as, a, as a full-fledged marriage, or they love loving a couple. And now we're moving on. So there's another Rashi. So Rashi is in Perak Parsha told us Chav Zayin Tas. So um, you know, so basically Yaakov, it's like said to Esav to go um, get uh, bring me a game, all right? And sure enough, she went. And then Rivka went to Yaakov and says, "I heard that your father told Esav to go get me a tzayid and to make the treats and to give a bracha." Right, and then she says, "Listen to what I'm going to command. Lechna elatzon, go to the cattle. Vekachli misham shnegidai izam tovim, and fetch from me there two choice young goats. Esos amatam lavichik kasherayim, and make them as treats, and I'll make them as treats for your father, like he like he loves." Okay, so vekachli misham. Rashi says, "Vekachli." I just pick up in the word. Take for me, li mishalihem. They're mine. 
Einan Gezel. I'm not stealing them from Yitzhak. Shekach Kasav La Yitzhak B'Ksuvasa. Because this is what Yitzhak wrote in their Ksuva. Litol Shnei Gidai Yizim Mechalayom. Take two goats each day. So I have a right from the Ksuva to take two goats per day. So today, my two goats are going to go towards this. So don't think I'm stealing. Right? And Rashi says, by the way, Shnegele is in the next one. It's like, did like eat two goats? Sounds like a lot. Ella Pesach, it was Pesach. That's how we maintain that. It was Pesach. One of them was for his carbon Pesach, and the other one was for his treats. For his treats? Yeah, for his like uh, delicacies. So he had Yeah, one of them was like I guess like Hagiga. I guess the Giga never passed off. So, yeah, so, so I don't want to really get into that Rashi about the. Uh, it's, obviously, it's interesting. It's interesting the, the Pesach and the whole thing. But I want to more focus on the fact that she's saying is there horror goats because because this was her terms of Aksuba that she's going to take two goats. The reason why I read the reason why I read that next Rashi is to show you look two goats is a lot. Oh, yeah. Right, the Gemara's the, uh, the Rashi, see the next Rashi is astounded by why she can be a slick two goats. Right? It's a lot. But nevertheless, this is what's in her Ksuba. Right? In her Ksuba, two goats a day. Right? Forever. Forever. I think so. 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 I Suba, and they're writing Subas back then? Ah, oh, I mean, Subas just a standard well, marriage agreement. Marriage agreement, okay, yeah. fine. So that was a marriage agreement. They had two goats a day. But we know it because she's saying, take from me two goats. What do you think? She's a goslin? Oh, I mean, that's her provision. Yeah, the Ksuba means is there's terms of Ksuba which are what happens if you get divorced, but there are also terms, and you're saying the Ksuba. I'll support you, I'll take care of you. It's like part of the terms of the Ksuba. So they specified that I'll take care of you, I'll give you two goats a day, and I'll whatever else, right? That's part of the terms of the Ksuba. Basically, he, Yaakov, the way it works, the husband owns all the money, and he supports the wife. And he has a responsibility or whatever. He's, her work goes to him. I mean, general thing is that he's, uh, he has the money. He makes the money. He works, but he has an obligation to support her. She doesn't work. She takes care of the children in the house, do whatever. The husband works and makes the money. If she makes money, then it goes to him. He's basically a woman's kind of thing that goes to the husband. But the husband has a responsibility to take care of all his wife's needs. So, okay, you know. Here where this is also, the right, this is also for you to talk here. What? For you to talk? This is in- well, she's using the goats for his life. That's that's all right. I mean, she's in the triggets life, you know, sort of for him, sort of for him, sort of not for him. You know, I don't know if she would ask you. It's like if you'd be okay, would be okay with that. But whatever, it's all right. She has the rights. Goes to the zuba. And you can't prove that the amount is two. It could be she got three or four, but at least two she must have had in her zuba because otherwise it'd be stealing. And I think of an implied question is that Rifko's. That's a good question. Like, what did what right did she have to just take the goats? They're not her goats. They're Yitzhak's goats in the fields. And she's taking Yitzhak's goats as to trick him? Now, you could just say, look, oh, it's like, oh, 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 oh. but like she's taking his goats 
and tricking him and doing this thing. Why is he? What, what right does she have to take his goats? She's tricking him already. Yeah, so you could just say, look, even though she has a right to trick him, she could also steal. But, you know, steal in order to trick him. Trick her, in, or right or not. I don't know. Yeah. Is it really a question? Because, I mean, does she have a right to trick him, even? Yeah, I understand. But Rashi's not. Rashi seems to be saying is he doesn't, he don't think. Right. And the Lee, she's saying Lee means it was not, at least in terms of the monetary dimension to, of it, it was not, it was not stealing. She had a right to take this. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, ultimately, what's the point? Is it just telling you about the exuber? Like, what's the point? But is it, did they literally have, I mean, it's hard to see. I mean, did they literally have an exuber to go today? I mean, I guess it sounds like he's saying that, otherwise it doesn't quite explain anything, but there only be hers once he... And why would there be terms like that? Well, why would, did she negotiate that? I want to make sure we have two. Give me two goats a day. What is she like? She loves goats. Did Yitzchak? What kind of arrangement is that? I don't know if she necessarily took her two goats every day, but it sounds she's entitled to them. Maybe someday she only took one or zero. Yeah, just whatever. I don't know. Right. So maybe like this. Let me ask you another way to ask the question. It's like, why not one goat? Would that not have been enough? Assuming you want to put a goat into the ksuba, do you really need two goats? Like you see, even two goats, it's like it's a lot. So why did the Ksuba have to have two goats today? You know? So maybe you see is like two goats. What is two goats? One more. One more than one goat. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm not, I'm no goat expert. Okay. But it sounds to me like <laughs> I'm a math guy. And I'm like, two is one more than one. Osha, agreed? Yeah, he's an accountant, I'm a mathematician. We got this covered. I've dealt with goats. I'm actually a Okay, good. So the thing is like this. Is I'm just conjecturing here. Like one goat is basically for her food. Yeah. One goat. She's got one goat a day. She's got her, she's made. She's got a maid. Right? In fact, here it's saying, well, Yaakov need too. So I mean, I know for one meal, but I'm saying, you get one goat a day, you're good. You're good in terms of being uh, your needs. But two goats... Two goats means that not only is she going to be able to feed herself, but she's going to be able to do stuff, do stuff with that other goat, right? She's, I don't know what she can do with it. I don't know what she's going to do. She's an independent person. <laughs> she's going to give it to poor people. She's going to give it to her son to trick your husband. She's going to do, I don't know, whatever. The point is, is that the nature of their marriage, maybe from the beginning, was it was not, she, it was not, she was not, and I don't know if this is the only nature of marriage, but she was not just a like a subservient woman who just sits in her husband's home and just does whatever, you know, does whatever he wants. And I don't know, stays in the corner, has one go today, and just does, <laughs> does, does smiling. <laughs> She's got two guts, which to me means is that she had an independence. She was not a... Um, she 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 maintained that she had an abundance. She had extra, yeah. and what she's going to do with that extra is up to her. I have no idea what she did, but she she was independent and she would use it for whatever purpose she would want to. And that was the term as well in the exuba. It means it was like this was part of the way the marriage was set up. And you see, and that gets back to what we were talking about earlier, is when they asked her if she wanted to get in the marriage. They said they said uh, they they try to hold it up, right? Love on Basuel or love on. Right, and then um, they said, "Oh," and he said, "No, no." Elias said, "No, I want to go." Hashem made me successful. Let's go. They said, "Let's ask her." And she said, "Elif, I'm going to go." And Rashi there says, "I'm going to go, even if you don't like it. I'm still going to go." I think so. Let me see that. That's a center. Do you want to hold it up? They, I don't know. They didn't want to let it go so fast. 
So, um, around for a year or 10 months. Yeah. Yeah, stick around, then we'll do it. Right. So he said, let's go and ask her. And they said, would you go with this man? She said, Eilech, Rashi says, me. Right, me on my own. Even if you don't want. So she, she, so she took initiative. The day originally she was there. And you see, even she took initiative by the, by the chesed with the camels and that whole thing. And she was a givera, if you will. She was, uh, she took initiative. She was willing to take a stand against her father and her brother. And she wanted to go, and she saw what she wanted, and she went for it. So I'm saying is like this was who she was. She was not just a meek type of a person, but she she had a negotiator. Negotiator. She had strength. She got two goats. So and and I'm saying is is like that's indicated indicated her independence, if you will. And not only that, when she had the two two twins, and she went to Shem Ever, and arguably seemingly she didn't tell him, which is interesting, but. Whatever, like she she was researched on her own when she had this uh, pain and pain in her. She right. clearly had her own ideas. In yeah, she had, exactly. Independence, her own ideas, and then you see in this instance, she basically it seems like she knew about Asaph the whole time. I guess because the Nevoah. And look, for this little interesting reason, why she didn't tell? Maybe she held, she couldn't tell. Whatever, it's a different discussion. But whatever, she didn't tell. And you see that she tricked him. She basically set up this whole thing. She saw and she knew through the Nevoah. That um, that basically Esav was going to be Rabbi Avodzayer, and that Yaakov was really the one who was supposed to get the Bechorah. And she made a plan, and she stuck her head out, neck out on the line, and she says, "If the curse gets come to me, it's my fault. I'm 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 the one making this call." And she put him up to it, and she took of her goats, her two goats, which basically she was promised. Which means I'm saying is the independence, which it's like gave her, it's like gave her an independence in the marriage. That was the nature of the marriage. And she exhibited that independence at the at the when she put Yaakov up to, to, to take to take them. So my point is is that if if you think of it, you might think of it as as Yerifka was just this like little girl, three year old girl who happened to come along and she went into the marriage, and then somehow one day, all of a sudden, she decided that something has to be done here, and I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to tell Yaakov to stake the brachos, and that was it. What I'm saying is by by saying. Mishali, and it's already in the Ksuba, it's Rashi's telling you that the personality of Rifka, it didn't emerge on one day, on today. Not like if she, arguably, if she wasn't this type of a person and this wasn't the nature of their marriage, I don't know that on all of a sudden, on this one day, she would have been able to do what she did. It's a major gutsy move what she did. As she was, she had the independence to be able to see what needed to be done for the sake of Kali Israel. And take on the self responsibility to trick Yitzhak and to get the brachos. And arguably, we have Kali Yisrael in the form we have because of our move and our, our independence, our strength, and our courage to be able to put up, put up, put this whole thing up. And again, Yaakov refused, and she says, "I like a lot of If it happens that it's a klipplawa, then it's going to be on me. It's my fault. I'm making. I'm the one making this decision. I'm the one who's going to stand by, and I'm the one who's going to take the heat if it ends up being a mistake." So you see that. She ex- ex- exhibited great, tremendous independence and strength of character in doing this. And what Rashi's saying is, is that this strength of character did not emerge today. It didn't start today. You don't just become a strong person on all of a sudden one day. It's not the way life is. It's not the way people are. This went all the way back to the Ksuba. This was arranged in the Ksuba that she has two goats today, which means that she's going to be taken care of. Again, Eliezer was wealthy. There was an arrangement that they were going to take care of, you know, it's like was wealthy and she's going to be taken care of. 
but not that she's just going to be taken care of and just given food. And, uh, but she's going to be given strength. Means. Means. She's going to be given means to be able to do something, to do things, to accomplish things. And and through that grow. Like it's, yes. Like, yes. Probably not going to start off knowing what to do with the second go or the first yeah, day. Like, right, exactly. exactly. Right, exactly. But basically the saying is that there was, right, there was a growth potential right. in the nature of the marriage. And that's the way, I don't know who, who arranged it. If, if Lavan and Basul, they knew that she was like that or she was like that originally or, but there was some sort of negotiation or I don't think it was literally these were the terms or going this, she had the ability to do this and she wants to take the two goats and give them to the, to Yitzhak Yaakov for the trick. Well, that she has a right to do that. Why does she have a right to that? Because that was the nature of the marriage. She wasn't just subservient to Yitzhak and she had to ask him every single time she wanted to do anything. On the contrary, she had the freedom and the capability to do that. Now, I don't know if it's saying that that's the way, I don't know that it's saying that's the way every marriage has to be. There are different models of marriage. But I think it's saying is that's the nature of this marriage. Right? I don't see any evidence that it's saying this is how all marriages are. I don't know if there's, a, there's a, necessarily something wrong with the different model. But it's saying is that's what I'm saying. This You study the way it's like in Rifka or. Again, from the beginning, you see Rivka's strength of personality, from the going to the Shem Ever to ask the Jews of Hashem. Yeah, Ola Sarima. Yeah, right. Sarah was also like that, right? It says Avram was the guy and the man. Yeah, right. She also had that strength, right? She kicked out. Yeah, that's true. Do we know about the like not, not, not if other models. No, exactly about them, but you're saying it's like uh, Sarah. You see again, I was just saying Sarah threw Sarah Hagar out, Ishmael, and Sarah. They say Sarah, Avram was Megayer the man, and Sarah was Megayer the woman. So, for example, maybe that's what she did with the goats. Maybe she was Megayer woman. That's what Sarah did. And you see that he stuck a, you know, in her tent, right? Rashi says her tent was always. That's what Rashi says there. That her tent. When he brought her into the tent of his mother, it says that there was always bread and there was always a cloud on it and there was always. That was candles. But you see, she kept up a tent. And Sarah kept her tent to be Makari of people and to Makari of women. And she taught people. So maybe that's what so maybe that's what Rivka did with them. With her goats. Maybe she threw uh, parties to be able to make her woman. We don't I don't know, we don't know. But the point is is that she, again, Rivka Sarah also was like that. Sarah seemingly also had a, had a strength of personality. And I, I don't know, you'd have to study different uh, marriages and see how they were. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They say that Leah was a Yatsanis, right? No one out like her mother. Leah, but I, I don't know. You have to study everyone. You know, I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just saying is, I think like everything. You know, the more you know about Torah, it's like every yeah, it's a model. It's hard to generalize, and the same way we're we're only discovering this about Rivka because we're picking up on subtlety and Arashi or whatever. So, just to off the cuff, try to figure out these other ones. I mean, I don't know. You have to analyze each one, and it's all right. So just putting together the two Rashi's, I guess the first one, you know, that's why I call the Shirifta. I don't know how to unify that. But basically they're talking about who she was and the nature of the relationship. The first one is bringing out the fact that their relationship was not, it was arranged, but at the same time, they were a true couple who loved each other and were you know, attracted to each other and all that. That's bringing that dimension. And this is bringing a different dimension, which is Rifka's independence and our... Uh, you know, her, her, yeah, her strength and independence, uh, the fact that she had this uh, built into her. Yeah.